0: Right, let's start Uh, again. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Easy. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools With Tools, a podcast for the camp counsellor. We're also joined by Stella, who may whine, bark and chew in the background because that's what dogs do. Um, So, gentlemen, how are we? Al,
1: how has your week been? (laughs) It's been great. <laughs> what everyone is going to miss is the ten minutes we screwed up the recording at the beginning where Al just went on an absolute soapbox. And Al, could you give us a truncated version of why we're yeah. all giggling now?
2: Um so in a nutshell, um we <laughs> I think I've t- I think I've talked about this before, but we, we use something um a methodology called agile at work, which is agile with a capital A, not the mm. adjective. It's a it's a process. Um that was coined for the um software developing industry and yeah. it's a it 's a really efficient way of chunking down bits of work and getting the processes and uh, people across departments to basically produce deliverables yeah um and it stems from uh, the manufacturing processes and uh things that were kind of refined in automotive manufacturing on the factory floor and it's like brett if you do this and it takes you 15 minutes steve then you can do the next process and that will take you 45 minutes and then i can come in and do the final bit and then at the end of it we've got a car and we can work out how many cars we're going to churn out um and it you know reduces time wasted um you can buffer in things and you can understand where things are problematic so uh we can flag it because every day we've noticed that Brett's actually taking 16 minutes, not 15 minutes. Yeah. So we need to sack Brett and replace him with someone who actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. cares. That um, is the worst. <laughs> yeah. So, so in certain instances, right, this is a great approach to yeah. disgusting capitalism. <laughs> um, and the powers that be at my uh, agency decided this would be a fantastic way to make more money out of designers. And, um, Unfortunately, it doesn't allow I love for any. how jaded you are with this. Well, so... it's not that I'm not open-minded, Steve. It's that <laughs> I've been w- yeah. living with it for a year now, and yeah. um, it's like trying to have a conversation with a flat earther. Yeah, where you're you're pointing things out and you're proving things using objectivity and you know, yeah, simple maths, and it's being met with this blind belief that something somebody else has told them. Is a better way, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, this 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 process has absolutely no place in the creative industry, and mm. um, because it doesn't allow for headspace, it doesn't allow for expansion of thought, it doesn't allow for lateral thinking, it doesn't allow for um, humanity and subjectivity. So, when you're in a factory, you're not dealing directly with a client; you're dealing with machinery, yeah. And you have a set amount of deliverables that, you, that you can uh, are limited by the production rate of Mm. your tools right um we're limited by clients who want things and have human desires and values and are people and change their minds and um see things and want to interject and change things so the whole process has to be fluid right yeah everything has to be um kind of imagined and you're kind of taking a lot of risk in the creative industry. It might be that something takes you one hour. It might take three weeks, you know, getting to an idea, getting to a solution to a creative problem is not something you can calculate uh, Mm -hmm. or or plan for in terms of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Brett, before we, before we realized we weren't recording, Mm -hmm. um, I used the example of, of the huge, magnificent, impressive anchor that you made. So the, the approach would be Brett, before you start that anchor, Tell me exactly how many minutes it's going to take you to make it. Tell me exactly how much material it's going to cost and fuel, uh, gas, uh, you know, yeah. and uh, how much it's going to weigh at the end so it can cost for shipping. Do that before you start and yeah. commit to it. And if you if you don't do exactly as you said, every minute lost is is basically a punishment and um, catastrophic failure because – at the same time, you're also making 10 other things. Yeah. And all of those things have to slot in, and you're only working on that on Wednesdays. This uh, is already...
1: I've, I've completed so, the project, and I'm having an anxiety attack yeah, right now. Yeah.
2: So it just doesn't work. Yeah. Right? And and for all the will in the world, and, and as much as I value... um productivity and efficiency you know words that aren't, don't usually go hand in hand with the creativity but i am a i am a commercial artist you know i'm yeah. not i'm not an artist so i understand that you have to be realistic about these things but you cannot be quantitative yeah um, if you're if if you're locked in a room like you know say you're having a, a workshop and i have to come up with a uh, uh come up with a brand come up with yeah. an idea come up with a proposition yeah. come up with a, a solution for something I, like Guys, we need to we need to we need to um, create some more noise around this product yeah, yeah. Or brand. Oh, it could be anything. It could be a food truck. Let's design that. It could be um, we make a movie. It could be you know let's get Wes Anderson and and write a song uh, or we're, we'll knit a t-shirt. You know, I have no idea what this yeah, answer yeah. is going to be. I haven't even started it yet. Um, so this 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 quantitative method of of measurement. Yeah, It's just irrelevant. I think...
1: um,
2: so basically, just to get to the point, <laughs> what I've been doing since we last talked is not sleeping um, mm-hmm. because I'm having to cram in 100 hours a week Yeah, of, of work. Um, so at the weekends I'm working, at the evenings I'm working, I'm getting up at 3 in the morning, I'm starting work because basically people will not admit that there are not certain hours, numbers of hours in a day yeah mm. uh, no matter how many times you go but that's more hours than we have people in the building yeah but it's agile yeah <laughs> it's like it, that's not what that means <laughs> yeah it it very much sounds like cuz
0: i've i have seen agile work really
2: well in creative it works spaces. in an environment where you are producing well quantitative deliverables well right? what i was going to say is it
0: it worked i have seen it work really well in or aspects of agile work really well in creative spaces but it sounds very much like they're taking the whole of Agile yeah. and going, Well, we're gonna apply this directly to something that it doesn't apply directly to, and yeah. rather than going, we're gonna cherry pick out the bits that work. Because literally every single person I know that uses Agile doesn't use all of it. They use mm-hmm. the bits that work for that project, that environment, that business, whatever. Um so I'm already wanting to, when I get back to the UK. Come up and visit you. Come into your office and
2: just slap whoever is in charge of this because it's everyone. This is the problem. It's like, it's, just... like it's like being in a cult, and yeah. everyone wants to leave. You know, everyone wants to get out. Yeah, and go and go clear, but they can't because they've all got like um, they're all being blackmailed about their shady past and, and questionable just, sexuality. Just... So they, they, they can't they, they can't <laughs> escape Tom Cruise. <laughs>
0: Just let me let me come up and let me sit in like a handful of meetings when I'm back. Because Jesus, this it is it doesn't matter; so it's brilliant.
2: irrelevant. I I, yeah. I, I I can sit in these meetings and be objective. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I genuinely, on a daily basis, I sit there and, and and say out loud, "Did you hear me just say that just then?" Yeah. It's just... it's, it, it's like it's like being gaslighted. Yeah. For for a living.
0: That sounds absolutely awful. Um, so that's what I've been up to. Nice, Uh, yeah. I,
2: I have nothing good to say about that. In the in between, that I did manage to put a wooden steering wheel in my car, which is fucking glorious. And and you're thinking that's not very comfortable, but it's great. It's a lovely, lovely experience.
0: In in my head, like rather than being one of those like really nice like polished wood steering wheels that you get in like a rolls-royce or something really <laughs> nice it's literally just made of pallet wood and it's kind of a square rather than a circle
2: See, and i, said, I just... said this to someone at work today i was like um oh yeah i'm stripping down this old shit box i got yeah and i'm taking parts out of it and they're like oh what sort of parts And i was like oh the wooden steering wheel and they're like do you not get splinters <laughs> <laughs> so their head straight went head straight... I, I guess people look at me and think if he puts a wooden steering wheel in a car, it's just going to be a log. Yeah, a log screwed <clears throat> to the to the steering yeah. column. Like,
1: I can see a log yeah. coin. I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah, um, I can see. I can see it being uh, still having the same mechanisms as HB, though, where the airbag actually has a compartment that opens up. And goes, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's the can kind of beer pops out in the middle of the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: like, oh, you've had a crash. You might want a drink. Of um, course, comes the nerves. Yeah. Uh, See bro. now, I want to now I want to bark trim everything in the car.
1: Not <laughs> one oh lotion, my gosh. bark trim—that <laughs> would be you so should. nice. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's the end of that round. I'm. I won't go on about that anymore. But that, in a nutshell, what I've yeah. been up to is nothing. Literally yeah. nothing but work. I haven't I, slept. I haven't eaten. I, I haven't watched television. I think uh, I
0: kind of feel, feel like anything. I need to
2: jump on a call with you at some point <laughs> when we're not recording it and
0: bitch about Agile because like. Oh, anyway, Brett, what have you been up to this last two two weeks?
1: I feel like that'll all get pretty wrapped up with what have you been up to. <laughs> Prior Thanks. to leaving for Maker Camp, I finished the Anchor. I know I talked about it a couple of weeks ago because I had kind of wrapped the actual building side of things. Yeah. Um, but it's been so long since I've actually put a video together and considering it's going on coal ironworks channel which by the time this comes out it it should be out i mean it's coming out we're recording on tuesday it'll be out on wednesday um i'm super excited for that to happen because it's something different for them they specifically asked me for not a blade of some sort um (laughs) and you know we're all aware and my and my talks with david were very like yeah we we love knife makers a bunch of us are knife makers a lot of our uh, people that use our products are knife makers, but we do want to show that there's other things that you can do because it's just a machine at the end of the day. So they were very happy with the video that I put together, but as I was saying, it's just been so long, it took me a while because it wasn't right, can just, I just for sorry, Can panel. I just
2: rewind and for some of the guys who might not know what this company make and what the product is and
1: what it's uh, great for? Yeah, so Coal Iron Works is located in Indiana. They make hydraulic forging presses and if anybody's ever seen the little handles and stuff that I did at Anne's, she's got one of the original runs Jimmy got one way back in the day it's where I made the mini anvil and my really wonky dog's head sledgehammer that didn't work well because I couldn't forge weld the wrought iron properly uh, but it's a squishy machine and I got the 12 ton version which is their mini little tabletop guy and by golly. I mean, I even made a mention of it in the video because I did a VO for the first time in a long time. I just sat in front of the camera in the shop, but uh, I jumped in for a minute and was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't get everything done at my shop like early on and realized I needed help. And the point of a collaboration is to have other people involved. So I called Ryan and I loaded everything in the truck and drove it over there. And I was like, do you understand? I loaded a piece of blacksmithing equipment by myself, a 12 ton press. <laughs> And drove it over there and unloaded it. It's, it for the record, it doesn't weigh twelve ton. Yeah. Ah, correct, correct, <laughs> correct. Yeah, but I mean, it still weighs a few hundred pounds. But I thought that little stand for it was able to load it in. So it was just really nice to to utilize the project on something that's not typical for them. Mm. And that was that was really a lot of the lead up before I left town. I finished a little bit more on the back of the house, like like I'd been talking about, um, just getting it dolled up. I bought plants.
2: I went Yay. to the store,
1: and it's the first time in my life I'm have I taking ownership of plant life that I have at my house, and I'm a little concerned that I'm going to get back and they're all going to be dead, but they are like cactuses and things, and I watered them, <laughs> and they usually aren't watered except for once every six months. So they should be okay, but it was interesting to actually buy plants, plant them, and then wake up every morning and just check on them. Like, yeah. you guys going to be okay yeah. while I'm gone? I sure hope so. Uh, so, yeah, it was like a big build-up. And then the tramp, the travel in was hilarious because I came to Alex's first, which is where I currently am recording from. Uh, I got to hang out with him for a little bit before heading upstate. Literal planes, trains, and automobiles just to get up nice. there. And then what a hell of a weekend. And Steve, you can take us from there. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That may have been... I mean, it was just a very necessary weekend for me, and I'll leave it at that for now. But I was not expecting the like what I got out of it this time around. Yeah, um, I, I
2: did also forget something I've been up to this weekend. Sorry, Steve. Just before you go on, berate, berate the dog. I, I've been crying into my fucking cereal because I wasn't at Maker Camp. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I <laughs> just seen what you guys are up to and who was there, and I got asked by a couple of people. They were like, is the other fool here? And I was like, oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I had that from several people being like,
0: is Al going to be here? Is Al coming next year? So, and I did kind of say, like, May- maybe next year we can sort something out, but unfortunately, at not least, this
1: year. at least it was easy to just say, like, holiday time, like, there was nothing yeah. left for him to be yeah. able to come over. So it wasn't like, no, nah, I just didn't want to. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Steve, um, you go now.
0: Yes. What have I done? So before Maker Camp, I we, we just did a load of prep work for the actual event. Um, got a load of things cleaned up. Got a load of stuff ready to take up to the event. Um, made my Maker Swap item, which was the first. Oh my God, Stella, shut up! No, one, no, I'm not. I can't. I'm recording. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, made my Maker Swap item, which is the first time I've done anything that's kind of non-utilitarian. Um, and that was kind of a a whole big thing around that because I um, I've never really done anything that's not that doesn't serve a purpose have a function, um, so there was a little bit of anxiety around that, um, and I'm relatively pleased with how it came out. Um, the person that actually got the item was there on Sunday night when we were all sat around the fire, and he was very happy with it um, very thankful and we had a really good chat about it so it was it was nice it was good um, but yeah one second I'm just gonna right uh, so yeah um, so yeah we sat around the fire and just chatted about it and it was it was really nice it was nice to kind of hear their kind of um, appreciation firsthand. Um, but yeah, so Makers Camp was this weekend, and uh, that's why my voice is completely gone. Unfortunately, Stella's is is not. Um, Brett's voice is also kind of a bit husky at the moment. This is, this um, is just what I wish I sounded like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it was... An absolute blast. We we as in uh, myself, Chris and Amy went up on and Stella went up on uh Wednesday, I think it was, um, just to help kind of get things up in the first place. And um we uh we got there about just after midday and um and it, it wasn't even a case of like get up and like, oh we we'll just chill out and do this. It was like get up and like, right, okay, we're gonna do this, this and this. Um but it was so like, it, I think it, it's the the event has kind of matured to the point where stuff's organized. They know what's needed. It's it's not, uh, oh shit! I never even thought that we'd need that, or you know, those tents need putting up, and it's Saturday morning sort of thing or whatever. Like it's all kind of there, um, and it's really nice to see. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a lot of kind of helping out, and then we got into the actual event.
2: And again just a, a little rewind there might be people listening who don't know what Next Camp is or aren't from America um Brett could you give like a top line history of how it started or where it is or what it's for or
1: Yeah um right so Austin if if none of you guys are aware Austin who is can't handle it on the instagrams uh, Austin was a young chap in the area and a fan of Jimmy's. And when we got upstate uh, and got the warehouse shop, it happened to be down the road from a like campsite, resort, just a lot of land. They used to host events there uh, and Austin's family owned it. So after meeting Austin, we realized that he was you know, part of the town and that his family had this big place where they hosted motorcycle events and car events, car shows, and things like that. And he and Jimmy started talking about possibly doing a maker event that was going to be very different than the typical conventions that revolved around the community. yeah, uh, And one that was specifically meant to be more hands-on and interactive and utilize the talent and skill of the people that mostly Jimmy knew. You know, it was like kind of hand-picking who was around in his crew, which, of course, is substantial. Uh, and we... Threw that first event together in what, 2019? 19, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, and had a grand old time putting it together, but as as small as it was, it was kind of a feeler round. Then obviously we dealt with a couple of years of shutdown, but yeah, since then they've gotten a few more sponsors and it's absolutely focused on getting your hands dirty and actually working with the products more so than just watching people demo them for you. It's so much more interaction. The whole point of it is to be way more of a hangout with like-minded folks. Yes, there happens to be yeah. brands and equipment and tools there. But the people that they send are the ones that are like, yeah, 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 let me show you how I use yeah. it. And then you just yeah. start, yeah, the broadback guys showing you the grinders and 800 different ways of using them. They basically just put together a group of, like-minded brands not just people that want to sell you tools it's like-minded yeah. brands and fed into the whole thing
0: i think that's the thing is like the the brands that they've got there aren't um they're not there doing your usual kind of sales pitch they're they're there like you say to to put stuff out there and to actually like they're, they're only invited in if they're going to add value to it it's not just oh we're going to get this brand in because everyone wants or Everyone uses a Dremel, so we're just gonna have them there with a stand and sell some stuff cheaper, sort of thing. It's there's no selling there. It's you come along and you actually have a go, you see this stuff in use. Mm-hmm. Um and like it like Brett said, it started off really, really small. Um and it's expanded out now to to it's not overly big, but there's there's lots and lots going on. And I think it's really nice that um It all stays and happens on this one site. And whereas with a lot of events, like you kind of, you have the event and then everyone kind of drifts off to the hotel lobby or the bar or wherever to eat and chat and do whatever outside. So people kind of go off into little clicks. At Makers Camp, you stay in the same field. the, (laughs) The bar is running all day long. There's food available there and there's food on site as well. And yeah. because everyone's staying on site, it's um, it's this really nice sense of people just kind of just, almost like communing together and um, like just hanging out around the fire pit after. Because it's what's great is you can be like at like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, be in the blacksmithing tent watching Brett show someone how to make something, and then just wander across, and then there's a bunch of people around a fire pit sharing a whiskey cooking some marshmallows or whatever and like it's it's all right there and it's all always ongoing um mm-hmm. and i think like it's a real i i mean i i know we overuse the word community but i think like one of the things that's yeah, we'll the word. one of the things that's kind of nice about it is like it is a real sense of camaraderie because you know the the blackthorn is is a wonderful place it's not a fancy hotel. It's and those rooms are literally just there to, to sleep in, but there's a bunch of people that are there camping. And so there's this kind of this shared, um, not trauma, but like this shared uh, thing where <laughs> everyone's like, I got like two hours sleep last night. It was so fucking cold. Cause you're camping in upstate New York in the middle of October and, uh, well, the beginning of October.
1: And, um, and yeah, like, well, it's, it's an accepted, let's call it an accepted discomfort zone. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's one thing to show up uh, not knowing anybody and be a little bit uncomfortable because you just have to forcibly kind of meet people if you actually want to be involved in things. And yes, there's, there's nothing abla- about the black form to complain about. Like, we all got fed. We got to sleep places. Yeah. There was warmth. And the company and everything, they take care of everybody so well. Yeah. But unlike I'm just using Makers Central as an example, not in a bad way, but if you have a really nice little hotel uh, you know, 100 feet off site and you just get to walk over there and there's television on and all these things there's no desire to do that. You you don't, you aren't really tempted to escape because there's no reason to, right? It's more fun and more enjoyable even braving the cold outside in upstate New York than it is to just go, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to the hotel lobby and then eventually get kicked out for putting stickers on the ceiling or <laughs> being too loud at 11 o'clock at night. The double-edged yeah. sword in an endearing way. I mean this in an endearing way. Yeah. The double-edged sword of it is you accept that it might not be the most com- comfortable Yeah, uh, because of being outside and around the fire. Maybe you're not someone who but, camps, but guess what? You get into it and think- there's no one telling you to leave <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I think one of the things that goes with that as well is the fact that there's no hierarchy there. There's no like, oh, those are the big guys. They're staying like in the hotel down the street. That's really nice. And ah, oh, the it, Plaza
1: Hotel on site. Yeah. yes. and
0: like they they only come out for an hour at a time, and then that's it. Like, like everyone's ev- everyone's there all the time.
1: <laughs> I mean, like Tim. Is that what you said? Uh, Tim in the boxy.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: but like fucking ev- Rubio Cash. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But, like, everyone's there and everyone's enjoying it and, you know, it it doesn't matter who they are. um, They're they're, they're all going through the same thing. They're all doing the same experience. So you'll get someone that's just done a demonstration is then wandering around looking at what everyone else is doing um, and, like, having that same interaction. And Mm -hmm. also, um, like, (laughs) there's quite a few surprise people that turned up because I had no idea that Laura and Simone were going to be just... Turning up in front of the blacksmithing table. Well, yeah,
1: a bunch of people were like, they said it on the live stream. Laura said she was coming, and then Simone just goes, Yeah, I'll go. But I was <laughs> traveling, I was traveling and missed that. Yeah. So I was talking to Lisa and Marielle, and there, we were talking about Laura and like the project yeah. for the house and stuff. And then she just walked up behind her and was like, <laughs> What the fuck is going on here? And then Simone walked up right behind her, and it was like, Yeah. But that, you know, that was the thing. I, of course, got really weird because I didn't know how to interact with this new person i watching. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I reverted back to six years ago, me when I met Jimmy and yeah. I
0: was like <laughs> <laughs> But that was like because when I when I saw them, I i um, I was in the middle of teaching someone something and just saw like all four of them walk into the, the tent I just went, Oh shit, turn around to the person I was instructing was like, Can I leave you for like one heat? And they were like, Yeah, sure, yeah, I know what I'm doing now cool mm-hmm. i'll be back like trying to stay professional I'll be like I'll, I'll be back in in two minutes and then just fucking ran like a child out through the uh forge area and just gave laura a massive fuck i was like what the fuck are you doing here
1: mm. and
0: then turn around to simone who was just stood there kind of going what the fuck is happening like why who yeah. is this guy and She's just like hi i'm steve and she's like i'm simone Like, yeah i
1: know who you are i'm i'm yeah. sorry i'm i'm normally much cooler than this but i'm excited no you're um, not but it was, <laughs> hey, look, those two as an example, it was, it took me a minute to, just to get over the initial shock, but it was genuinely, it was so nice to see Laura. It's been so long yeah. since I've really interacted with her, and we got to chat for a little bit, and I felt, I mean, I even messaged her this morning, I think that might have made my weekend, is just 15 minutes of sitting with her and just, yeah, like, kind of reconnecting, as it were. It but, felt really, really good. So there was, like, Rasmus yes. danced with Simone. What the fuck? I know that was fucking they, glorious. They to see. swung dance, and it was the most delightful thing I think I may have ever seen. Yeah, it was so cute, and no one was recording it, and it was great because it wasn't for social media in any way. Yeah. It was just yeah, too... it was just
0: for fun. Oh. But uh, but like, I think it, and it's not like I don't want people to think that it's just about like oh, you get to hang out with the big names, because there was a bunch of people that I saw there that um a i consider friends from the internet like i may have met him once or twice before or i may never have met them before like Vern was there taking some fucking amazing Dude, photos Vern and i had such a
1: good talk so what a him,
0: sweet guy because he came up to me at one point and we got chatting and he was like you know i kind of want to go say hi to brett but you know he's busy and all this and he's got lots that of that was you doing like, yeah and I and i was like no he's not he's not doing anything like he's just milling around talking to people <laughs> Go and fucking speak to him. Like, he would love to see you. And, um, and, and yeah, he we had
1: like, 10 minutes of me getting some of the sweetest things said to me. And it was, I went into <laughs> awkward mode again. Was just like, <laughs> I don't know how to accept the nice things you're saying, but yeah. I, I want you to know how much I appreciate it. Yeah. He and, was a delight. And
0: the, the, I think my favorite one of the weekend, though, was, um, uh, Gib Clark, who <laughs> is <laughs> such a nice guy, but, He's he's like really well known, like by a few people, and um, oh like, he's not like a big so, like he he doesn't have a huge social media presence or anything like that. He's not a big time maker. He's just a really really nice pillar of the community. And um and we were sitting around the fire pit uh, on Saturday night, and like Steve, I know, like,
1: uh, Meanwhile, Steve was toasted. Just so everybody knows, I I'd had like four drinks, and um, could have fooled
0: me and we were just there and we were just hanging out and we were just having fun and everyone was enjoying it and um and gib came over and i was i was quite excited at this point anyway because i was having fun but um but gib came over and he was just like hi steve i just wanted to say hello and all this and i was just kind of looking at him going like i recognize you i don't i don't know who you are hmm. and he said like oh, i'm gib and i was like wait gib gib and he
1: just went yeah it's
0: like oh my god it's fucking gib and i went nuts i was like it's fucking gib
1: yes for the next five minutes he just yelled to everyone (laughs) i met gib
0: and it was great because he was then like going front around and be like oh my god i can't believe it and we were joking about him being the most famous nobody and um and there was a bunch of people that were around that were just kind of looking over going why is that guy so excited about that other guy like that other guy must be super famous. Like, why don't we know who Gib is? And apparently he had that for the rest of the weekend. People come up being like, So who are you?
2: Um I mean, I I, I saw pictures of like uh Brett U with uh Bob Lee. Mm-hmm. And just like that's someone who you know I, I, I kind of got to know. I got really to forge with him. him. Yeah, and and he's had health issues and kind of he's been one of those guys who's like Got a lot to say but then he'll go quiet and Mm -hmm. and you know everybody cares about him um and he used to interact a lot with the the makers international guys Mm -hmm. and seeing him pop up and like physically in a real space with you guys and jimmy and stuff i was like oh this is great again wish i was there but
1: yeah yeah we set a chair down because he goes okay steve you have to take an appreciation moment for what bob said because he was like i want to do the class Mm -hmm. and he you know he had a cane and we we're like, okay, we can make this work. And I go, what do you want to do? And he just goes, I want to make a nail. And I was like, oh. oh yeah. After after meeting you guys at the forge, you know, and Alex going, you should make a nail, and then you should make a hundred nails, and then you should make a yeah. hundred good nails, and that'll teach you a lot. Since then, I've had such respect for that as a project, especially like if anybody ever wants to try. There was um, there was a gentleman last year, and I'm sorry because. I'm pretty sure he listens to the podcast. I'm so sorry I'm failing on the name right now. Uh I'm still recovering. No. Uh anyway, other dog designs. Haha, popped into my head. Uh, yeah. got it. Anyway, he wanted to make a nail last year and he made three or four of them and it was fantastic because he really wanted the challenge. Bob's like, well, let's make a nail. So he put a stool over by the forge and I pulled the anvil a little bit closer. And goddamn it, if he didn't get all the way through it and do a grand old job, and he was very happy and I'm going to hold that memory forever that I met Bob at spring make and he came up and talked to me. And it was in that time of like, no, one's going to know who I am. Yeah. I am absolutely just, you know, I'm Jimmy's assistant. And you know, I was just happy to be there. And then I met Trevor who helped us this year. That's where I met Trevor. Trevor didn't help us this year. Trevor just fucking Trevor took over and owned everything. And it was amazing. I, I, I genuinely. <laughs> and there's, there's what, a long, those... there's a very long story about our transit back to get Rasmus to the airport and how oh, silly God. that was. We will save that for an after show at but some I point. I was,
0: I was, um, I was running, uh, doing one of the classes and we were getting on the Saturday, we were getting groups in. I was doing a whole demo and then everyone would go off and do their, um, their kind of, uh, project. And, and just after I'd finished one of the demos, Trevor came over and was like, have we got room for, one more person, this young man would like to give it a go. And this kid was like eleven or something. And um and I kind of said like, Yeah. Did you see it because we just moved on the extra ambles over, I was like, did you see any of the um uh the demonstration, like the the run through? And the kid kind of looked at me blankly and the dad was like, No, we literally only just got here, but we were waiting for ages beforehand. And Trevor just looked at me and went, It's good. I got it. I'll go through it all with him. I was like, brilliant. And um yeah, yeah I, I, I like Trevor. I can, I trust him to to know what he's doing, but still, kind of um, feel a bit responsible. So, kind of just keeping an eye and an ear every now and then, just looking over. And um, and my God, he did an amazing job. Like he was so patient with that kid. He was so good with the kid, and he did it all in a way that wasn't patronizing, which is extremely difficult to do because working with kids, it's really, really easy to come across as being really patronizing. Like I do it myself quite often. Like I, I sometimes struggle to, um, to communicate things to, to younger people without coming across as being really patronizing. And Trevor just didn't, he was just there. Also he had old Bay on a, like a, a part of old Bay on a holster on his belt. And the amount of people that were like, holy shit, is that like, and like joking about it. And like, he'd just pop it out and, like we we were having breakfast with some guys like a a random couple of guys one day or dinner i don't know a meal and um these two guys were just like joking about it and um and he kind of like as he was getting up to leave he was like do you guys want some before i go and they were like (laughs) oh no, no 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 it's okay like being polite about it sort of thing and then you could see there was like this like I, actually, wait a sec. Yeah, c- can we get some? <laughs> I'm both it all over. Bam! That's fucking great. Bam! But um, yeah, Brett, sorry, you go.
1: Well, this this reminds me of some of the earlier talks we've had. You know, when Al's working with the kids at the uh, scouts and everything like that. It's something I always appreciated about you. Al. Like when I first met you early on, it's not that I dislike kids. I honestly, I don't work very well with them because there is a certain sense of patience that I've had to work on. The classes at uh, the Blackthorn has helped. And, and even some of the ones that I've done, not necessarily at Maker Camp, but just interacting with the kids that want to learn. You know, they are there yeah. and they're actually attentive. That's easy. That's so easy to deal with where something about their attention span is working and they're following your directions. Awesome. But you, you've told plenty of stories and I got to witness it at Maker Central, but the way you're able to interact with younger people Some of them eager to learn. Some of them just wanting to play. But you have a way of navigating all those waters. And kids love you. And then the parents think your name is Steve. And everyone's wanting to give you hugs and everything. But I think it's a true talent. And, you know, Trevor, I knew that he worked at a school. And so he interacts with younger folks on a regular basis. I knew he'd be good at it. Yeah. I did not expect that he would be so great at it. Yeah. And I think it's guys like... And Al I'm just using you as an example because I don't know a lot of other people but there's just there is a a talent that I do not have when it comes to like what I want for those classes is for that young person to walk away feeling like they're capable of making things mm. I always got that sense seeing you interact with the kids I feel that way about Trevor I, I, I think I tried I, I had a few young folks this time around uh, this year but Something I took a, a, a much stronger note of is people like you who are really able to cater to a younger audience.
2: I mean, I mean it, it, it goes back to what Steve's saying about the kind of the the, the not trying to patronize. But I think there's a there's a certain mentality in this this I'm going to say sphere, so Steve doesn't get community bingo, <laughs> um, where you have to do things properly, or you have to do yeah. things to a certain standard, or you have to do things so they. You know, you have to, get, you have to polish it to, to, to this many grits, otherwise it's not a finished woodworking project. Or you have to use a certain glue or clamping method, or you have to forge it and temper it in a certain... You know, we, we have all yeah, these yeah. rules, right, yeah. that are around the craft, and because we're all, um, we're all striving for a certain level of mastery in, in what we do, and that's fine, and because we respect it and we, we admire it, and it's great. That falls down when you're trying to teach Bobbly how to make a nail. Right? Because he's not going to make the perfect nail. Yeah. And the person doing the first time, you know, it, I'd rather focus on them getting one thing right. Yeah. Right? You're teaching someone to drive. They're not going to get around the Nürburgring on their first go, but they might smash the clutch or yeah. they might r- be really good at spatial awareness. And, and that, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to go, right, what, is, what does that kid want to get out of it? Do they want to get out of it that they're able to move metal around? or do they want to get out of it that they can make a shape of something or do they want to get out of it that they can um personalize something or make something their own and, and i think that's the skill the skill is not you know not patronizing people or um being able to communicate with them or teach them it's like we've got a limited time frame you know i'm not te- i'm not you're not an apprentice i'm not teaching you how to do this for the next 15 years yeah what what i am is i've got an hour what what can what can what can we get what can how can we get the most out of that hour? Um, yeah. right by by assessing the situation and sitting and talking to you for five minutes, I can tell you're good at this or yeah. you're passionate about this or you're 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 brave at this or you're not afraid of this. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you the hot glue gun for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Fill your fucking boots. Or you know we're gonna give you the felt tip pens because you obviously like colouring shit in and I'm not going to let you touch the knife because you'll slit your fingers open. Yeah, and that—that's the skill. It's—it's it, finding out in that really short frame of time what what we can do together, because we're yeah. not going to master it. I think but we can we, we can be good at something.
0: Yeah, and I think that was one of the great things about uh, was Stella Barking is the fact that um, because there's so many different people doing different things there. Yeah. Like every, everyone's got something that they're relatively good at already. So there was so much like um sharing of like common skills and like talking about like oh cuz that's just like cuz when um Andrea Didon was doing the um the glass blowing stuff um and she was likening a lot of it back to, to blacksmithing and it was it was fucking great to see and like so much of what was good about the the, the kind of camp as a, as, as a whole is the fact that there was a lot of that going on. It was a lot of back and forth. It wasn't just woodworkers. It wasn't just metalworkers. It wasn't just three D printers. It was everyone was there and everyone was like super willing to um, to combine knowledge and to come up with ideas. And that's what I really like about it. And that is spiffing. <laughs> That's all in which case al do you have an order yeah it's sab sab which means i'm going first uh so i'm gonna spiff someone that's mildly related to brett's spiff um but i'm gonna spiff uh david DeLang- i can't ever pronounce his surname yeah why
1: are you filming me doing this uh, uh, don't you. worry about it because I knew that was fucking coming <laughs> <This> <laughs> like, Of course Steve's going to crush on him uh, Yeah
0: because I got to interact with him very very briefly during the um, the weekend even though those guys were right next to us in the um, in the forge tent I was just super super busy um, but just the nicest sweetest guy ever um, and uh, knows Amy and Chris quite well hung out with them uh and amy was looking through his sketchbook because as well as being a very very talented metalsmith and also doing um like the coal iron stuff he's a really great artist as well um so he's now uh hopefully going to be designing a very small tattoo that me and amy are going to get and i'm super excited about it and i can't (laughs) wait um But yeah, super, super nice guy. I really wish I got to spend a bit more time uh, talking to him, but I, like, there's about 50 people that I wish I'd got to spend more time talking to. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Cedar Law Forge on Cedar, as in the tree law, as in Tolkien law. Uh, uh, yeah, on Instagram, there'll be a thing in that. I'm still so tired. We got back at like, uh, I don't know, like half 11 last night <laughs> and the uh the oil for the heater had run out and so we
1: had to go and sort that out and, and yeah, i mean you can see the backs you know what look it, look i'm going to interject in the spiffing here because it was steve's choice when we were all loading up and loading out of the the forge stuff with bob uh, you know, Steve showed up 30 minutes afterwards. It's like, oh, the work's done.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah sorry um, I
1: wasn't here. You stayed up until 4.30. Not me. I don't want any complaints right now. And I'm absolutely just kidding because I had a ball with you that last night. It was so fun. I
0: know. And I, don't, I don't need to tell you some things about that, but not on the podcast. Um, But yeah,
2: uh, what was the order? Al, you're next. Saab, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was I. was I would like to spiff and if anyone gets Instagram memes from Jess you probably already know this person um a delightful uh knitter for want of a better term uh, called India Rose Crawford who tells delightful stories about frogs through the art of knitting and animation Amazing. and it's glorious um and if if you need your Halloween pumpkin fix, the latest story is about a little frog making a little pumpkin um, knitting in a, their own pumpkin <laughs> outfit, <laughs> uh, and Brilliant. it's to be cute and lovely and always makes you smile. If you're feeling down, go and have a yeah. look at India Rose Crawford; it will cheer you up. Awesome! Right. Short stories about a, a a woolen frog. <laughs> Great. Um, Other animals are available. And other the woodland critters and mushrooms and things. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love a woodland frog though? Um, Brett, what about you?
1: So I'm going to spiff a man named Brett myself. Hey, yeah, classic, classic Brett. There you go. I sent myself a gift. So I figured it was about time. We <laughs> uh, <laughs> got a good giggle out of Steve on that one. That's fantastic. That's very good. Well, right. So, one of the gentlemen helping with the coal iron booth this year, uh, we met the very first day because you're going to tell the story. Every, absolutely. (laughs) Everyone was there a day early to help with setup. And, um, one of the things that needed to be done was packing all the little goodie bags that the, uh, the attendees were going to be getting. And Chris cash is on the back of a or sorry, he was driving around the golf cart, his designated VIP vehicle and just yells over his shoulder hey Brett come on and a random guy jumped onto the back of the golf cart and then Chris is like who are you I'm Brett and he goes okay and then I came up and we realized that he was calling for me and then it kind of got awkward for about four seconds and then he goes well Chris said you needed help or something I'll go help so he was there to help coal iron and the booth and and be there as part of their team and then he just helped me and trevor pack bags for three hours without a complaint the entire time just a total <laughs> sweetheart and then i met him i thought he was an attendee that was up there earlier yeah. <laughs> because we didn't actually talk about what he was doing and then like 20 minutes later the coal iron boys showed up with all the presses <laughs> and he goes over there and works for them And he was nothing but awesome all weekend. We high-fived a lot and just made jokes about how we had the same name in a very childish manner of like, hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I did hear that he started referring to me, so there was no confusion with other people, he started referring to me as Cooler Brett. And I think that (laughs) that might be the first time in my 36 years of existence that I've ever been considered Cooler Brett to anyone. So... (laughs) Let's well, that's, call it. let because he's
0: he, very fucking cool. Well,
1: yeah, he's an amazing guy. His, uh, oh yeah. Um, reminder: we'll we'll just say that was his gift, and that's why he gets spiffed because he called me cool. So, <laughs> no to anybody else in the future: just say something completely ridiculous and a lie about me, and maybe I'll spiff you. Um, he was great. His handle on Instagram is Burning Sky forge and i guess since we're describing every word like steve did burning is an on fire sky the thing that is above you and forge and that's it <laughs>
2: thanks
1: uh, for not uh, describing forge like steve yeah. did i
0: appreciate that um he's not the law forge he's just the law that's why i didn't that's why i got confused yeah um, said cedar law
2: forge at the, the, beginning. the los anyway. angeles angels
1: yeah
0: um <laughs> but yeah uh that's a great shout and also i love the fact that at one point um I was uh, what was I doing? Oh, I was I was chatting to other Brett, um, and uh, because he'd seen me at uh, like when we were first setting up, like just running around, like helping out with Austin and everything. Um, obviously, saw me in the blacksmithing tent, and then when the barbecue was going on, I was helping like serve all the barbecue food with um, Will and um, Steve Pellegrino. and he uh, just kind of looked
1: at me, was like, "Dude, do you just work everywhere?" I was like, I- I get around <laughs> it's fine <laughs> but wow um, what a lie that is <laughs> I was,
0: the thing is I, the only reason i was helping with the food is because i went there early to try and sneak some extra food but i just ended up working instead um but yeah uh so those are the spiffies
2: the is there any other business uh, yeah thinking? um for for fans of of neil gaiman and people that want um a little bit of an antidote to the Twilight fan fiction TV series that they'd be made. Um, the third installment of the Sandman uh, audio book is on Audible. Nice. Uh, fantastic. Give it a listen. Uh, Will Wheaton has joined the cast. Awesome. Everyone's favorite narrator of yeah. fun stories. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm a few hours into it, but it's, it's wonderful. Cool. Good show. Um The
0: other thing that I want to do a quick uh, AOB about is, um, Mark Adams, um, the photographer that was at uh, the Makers' Camp. Um, just, the, the, the again, like this is basically just an extra spiff, but just the loveliest guy. Um, he's always there. He's always helpful. Uh, if you don't follow him, go follow him. You need to because, yeah, the pictures he takes are amazing, and he actually made me and Brett both look good at the same time. In and cool target. and
2: cool cooler Brett,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> uh, which is quite the achievement. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, so if you want to find us, we you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Matterworks. You can find Brett at at Cooler Brett, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Oh, that's got to be an Instagram account. Scary <laughs> <how he> promises. <laughs> I didn't catch any of that. Your microphone cut it all out. <laughs> um, it all out. I. I'm going to cut it all out. Uh, but yeah, is a great FTBT podcast everywhere. So that's it. Um, we will be back maybe next week, maybe the week after. Depends how things
2: go. Um, when will you be back?
0: When I'm back on the... when yeah, we get
2: back to proper fucking time zones.
0: Uh, the 29th. Uh, so in three weeks. Okay. Less than three weeks. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Less than three? Fuck. Um, I need to find a job. That's a very good point, Rick. right? So, until then, uh, no, not until then. Until next week, or possibly the week after, we love you. Bye. 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 Don't make the mic go out.